Let's just start. Okay. Do you need to do with your finger? <laughs> I'm a horsey. I'm a horsey. No, I'm really a pup. This is Barely Furcasting, featuring Tabin, an Injured Nerves audio production. Well, hi. Welcome hi. to... Hi. Welcome to Barely Furcasting. I am Barely Normal, and you are... I am, my name is Tabin, and I am a pup, Bark Bark. He is and that a, is normal for me. That is normal for you. Welcome, everybody, to another episode. Another week has gone by, and here we are once again. So tell me, Tabin. Yes, hi. What has happened with the tail? You know, so tail and I have gotten a good relationship going. I, I've been doing the techniques, like I've talked about before, and I catch them, and we have a good, we have a good old time stuff. I tried venturing out a little bit, and there is a little squirrely outside, and I thought, oh, he's got a big fluffy tail. Um, I'm, I can help him with that. And so I went out, and I didn't bark or anything, but I, I, I ran up right now, and he ran away, and I was like, I was just going to try and help him chase his big fluffy tail, but I guess he didn't really understand that or something, because I haven't seen him since. So maybe I scared, scared him off. Him I don't know. Yeah, I didn't mean yeah. to. So I'm going to try this week. I'm going to try again and be maybe a little bit more, maybe not sneaky pup, because maybe that would make him a little more creeped out. So maybe I'll just try and be nice and just kind of paw my way up there and say, hey, Mr. Scrolly, that's a big bushy tail. Let me help you out with that instead of like bounding at him. Maybe that's what made him scared. That might have done it. Just, you know, yeah. racing towards him might have done a little bit to scare him off. Yeah, because I am kind of a big pup, and maybe that did it too. So I think that's my project for this week is to try and share my knowledge of, of the tail chasing. Um, All right. With other fluffs out there. All right. So did you do anything else this week? Yeah. So it's been relatively um, quiet, although uh, last Sunday I went to Corincon. Oh, really? I did go to Corincon because we're in quarantine and everything. So I posted a few pictures on my Twitter about Corincon. So the attendance was four. Four. Yeah, there was me. There was Jacob. And there was TB. If any fur, any one of our three furs that are listening have, have met Jacob or TB at a con, they were some of the only ones at this con with me. And so um, there's some pictures on my Twitter, a picture of us at a panel. Oh, yeah, there was socially distancing social hours. So me, TB and Jacob are six feet up, sitting there six feet apart with um, glasses of, I don't know, I, I think someone told me it was wine. I'm not sure. I'm just a pup. I don't know these things. Who was the fourth? The photographer. Oh, the photographer. <laughs> AKA my husband. But <laughs> so that was a fourth. Right. Because that's right. Only three. I can't count on these pauses. I said four and I only counted to three. I should watch my own math videos to remind myself how to count on pauses. <laughs> there was like a rave. There was a little dancing. There was a dance comp. I won. I was the only one in it. Wow. I got some, got some footage of that, some pausage as the case may be. I'm going to make a little con video of it. I just have to find time to do it with all the tail chasing. I haven't had time to really do it. Hopefully that'll be posted some point in the near future. So I guess actually it's been a kind of exciting week. Cool. Nice. That's a, that's a lot of fun. Sounds like a lot of fun. I did not go to Corincon. It must have been a real super secret Corincon. It, it was. It really was. In fact, the four people that, the four furs 
that were there were mm -hmm. the only furs that knew about it. I got a lot of other good pictures too. I'll post those more on, on my Twitter. But of course, in the con video, you'll be able to see more more uh, pictures. Was there a parade? There wasn't really a parade. I think the parade would be the uh, socially distancing um, social hour, probably. All right. Do we have any news about pajamas? The PJs, right. So you might, you of course, remember from previous episodes, I talked about the PJ drama that I'd been having off and on throughout the weeks, and I've tweeted it and, and read about it, been keeping a nice journal. This week, I'm happy to say it's it's been fairly low-key. No big drama. You know, I've been changing through the, the light wolfies to the dark wolfies. Right now, I got the polar bears on, so, you know, I, I throw in the polar bears every now and then just to mix it up, go crazy. But I, I do like my, my wolfies. Sorry, polar bears, but I like my wolfies too. So, but it's been fairly straightforward and it's nice to be non-dramatic when it comes to the PJ sometimes. Oh, right. <laughs> I don't know what's <laughs> happening. So we're going to try again with our oh, five yes. minute furs for fun. It's almost time to post that. And then we will wait for 10 minutes and see if anybody logs in so i'm gonna go ahead and post it okay so we have a 10 minute timer going let's go a little bit more on uh we'll talk a little bit more about uh, television so i started watching a show on hulu yes called crossing swords crossing swords is it's set in medieval times it's a crude stop motion type animation thinking along the line of south park that kind of stop action stuff and it's using like little play school toys oh little play school peg toys the main character becomes a squire for the king it's set in medieval times okay his oldest brother is a failed hobo clown that's kind of don't want that to happen no. to you <laughs> right and then the next older brother is a Robin Hood type character called Rogue Rubin. Um, and he says that Robin Hood stole his shtick. He even wears the whole Robin Hood outfit. And then his sister is a pirate queen. Rawr. It's so crude. It's so rude. It's so bad. It's good. I might have to check it out. <laughs> yeah. There is some animated nudity. Oh, my cow. It's rated TVMA. So if you're not over mm. the age of 16, please do not watch this show. It's true. I'm only four years old. A little more, though. Maybe that little more will put me over the edge. But in dog years, that makes you 28. So you're good. Oh, good for me. Yay. It's basically escapist or absurdist humor. What does escapist humor mean? This is the, the educational part of our show. Oh. Escapism and absurdism are two different things, but escapism is much like the furry fandom. Oh. When you go into a different type of persona or a fursona, you are doing escapism. You're leaving your normal life and becoming something else. And that's escapism. Oh. Um, absurdism, of course, is absurd. That's crazy. That's nasty. That's, that's crazy. wild. That, that's oh, just, my oh, my goodness. So the mix the two of them together and then add a little sprinkling of humor and you've got crossing, crossing swords. swords. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> there you go. Check that out. <laughs> what about you? Again, the week's been pretty about the same. I've been watching some Mike and Molly. What else? It seems like there was something else. Oh, and, and Riverdale. We've been um, watching, oh, watching Riverdale. Okay. Continue watching that. Dramatic, fun, intense. Not in houses, but mm. intense. Okay, well, we're still waiting on somebody to log in. We haven't seen anybody yet. Let's talk a little bit about furries in the news. Furries in the news. Pigs in space and fluff. 
So we've been trying to find furry news articles, and I haven't been very successful. Have you been any successful? Have you had any success? Generally, no, I haven't. And as you pointed out last time, we're all stuck in inside, so no furs doing anything. I did happen to come across, if you Google furries near me, just three separate words. I know, I didn't try. Maybe maybe it is a link, furriesnearme.com. But if you just Google furries near me, you'll actually get a few hits of fur news and fur furries near you and everything. And it's not like an overwhelming amount. I guess it depends on where you are. But it was kind of fun when I when I tried it. I, I got some interesting things that I actually already knew about, but they were right there. And some things that I didn't know about, like a few furry dating sites and things like that that might come up for you. So it's just kind of fun. You might try doing that if you have nothing else to do. And it is tied to where you are geographically. So be aware of that. I Googled it and I came up with different things than you did because we, of course, live in two different geographic locations. We do. Yes. So that's why it was, it came up that way. Yeah. So that, that was actually kind of neat. You got four minutes left. Four minutes left. Four minutes left. But I think a lot of people get scared. I, I was just going to say that I think every, well, I mean, this is me and I'm kind of scary after all. You are the least scary fur I know. I don't know. I mean, I, I go shout out to Kev Shepard. He's, he's this wonderful cutie white and green shepherd. And, and he's very nice. He's great. And I give him shout out because um, I think, for example, I am pretty scary because at TFF, not this year, but last year, I went to hug him and I knocked him over. I like totally oh, no. did the whole furry knock him over thing. And I totally did. And I felt so bad. And then oh, this no. year at TFF, I came up to him. And the first thing he said was, hi, Taven, are you going to knock me over again? And I felt so bad. But I gave him a hug and I did not knock him over again. And I was proud of myself that I actually did not knock him over again. Thank you, Kevy, for letting me hug you. And I was proud of myself for not knocking you over. Well, so good I, for I, you. I am pretty scary. That, that's what that comes down to. <laughs> you you are a, you're a scary pup you're the scariest pup i've ever seen time is up time is up pup so, I am up, up, up. pup time is up all right well joining us today is rio gray fox we're going to chat with him a little bit tabin's got some questions so tabin why don't you ask away first i want to say hi rio it's good to uh, hear you it's been a while but i'm envisioning you right now in my mind as we talk so it's kind of like you're here yay tabin yay bark bark yay good bark. to see you here where i'm not seeing well i'm seeing you in my mind but yes it's exciting so how have you been rio doing good Doing good. Trying to get through all this craziness that's going on in the world and trying to stay healthy. And I hope you're succeeding with this staying healthy part. Uh, yes, very much so. And you guys too, I hope. I'm, uh, you know, lapping up the, the milk sometimes for my puppy dish and sometimes some water. And then sometimes I got some nummy bacon stuff in my puppy. That's just so numb. And so, um, yeah, I'd like to think stand healthy. Don't know if it's healthy, but I'm liking it anyway. So, uh, Rio, where are you from? Well, originally from upstate New York. A little place called Rochester. Right. Oh, yes, I've heard of. They have big New York accents up there, don't they? Not as much as you would think. It's oh. hey, hey, no, not from the the, the city. Hey, you know, hey. <laughs> no, Rochester is it's pretty plain. I mean, I left there years ago. I don't think I have much of an accent. I don't think you do either. So good mm -hmm. point. Well taken. Now I've learned something. This pup has learned something. That doesn't happen very often. How did you become a fox? And how did you become a gray one? And how did you become a real one? Not a fake one, but a real one. <laughs> and uh, how long have you been such? 
Well, that's a, that's a long story. I'll try to make it as quick as I can. I don't want this to drag on too long. I started, I went to my first furry convention, uh, oh, geez, 19 years ago. Oh, wow. One called Conifer. Conifer. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I've heard of Conifer. Way back in Seattle. And uh, I was going to these furry cons for a few years, and I noticed all these people in these strange outfits. And I thought it was kind of weird at first, but I'm going, you know, they're having a heck of a lot of fun. I really need to do something like that. It took me about five years to actually decide to make a fursuit, and I didn't know what oh, I was going to Yeah, I made my, uh, my fursuit. I'm actually making Rio 2.0 right now. Wow. And uh, I didn't know what I wanted to be. So I just skimming through a large coffee table size color book of different animals, looking at cats and felines. It's kind of like, no, that didn't feel right. Uh, canines and wolves and huskies and shepherds and, and then foxes. Yeah, there's so many red foxes. And I turned the page and I'm going, oh my God, what is this animal? It was this <laughs> stunning, deep, saturated picture of this animal and these very distinctive colors. And I'm going, that's it. It was a gray fox. And it's a gray fox. I don't know if I've even seen a gray fox. That's exciting. Uh, actually, I've never seen one myself. We have some uh, red foxes up here near the Seattle area, but I've never seen a uh, gray fox in uh, real life. Well, I guess I have because I've seen you at cons. Yeah, a few times. Where did Rio come from? Well, I, so I was starting to make uh, the uh, fursuit. I didn't have an idea of a name. It was almost completely done and i still had no idea and then uh, it occurred to me i looked at the scientific name for the gray fox i believe if i don't uh, murder the pronunciation ursion cinerio argentius oh my cow really say that again ursion cinerio argentius that's amazing <laughs> i could not even begin okay good good right there in the middle of it is our eo i actually heard that i heard re the second time you said that it's like i just heard rio that's where the, the name comes from so the suit that i see you in at cons that's 1.0 that's the one you made what would have been um, 19 minus 5 is what's 19 minus 5 Oh, actually, it started like I've had my suit for nearly 10 years. Wow. Nice. And so how far are you along in 2.0? All I need to do is make a tail. Oh, so it, oh, he's he's almost done. He's ready almost. I've been taking my time since, uh, oh, dare I say, there hasn't been any cons to go to. Uh -huh. <laughs> so I haven't been in a very big hurry. How long have you been a furry and how long have you been in, in the fandom? And what brought you, well, you kind of started talking about what brought you to these wonderful things, but what got you to conifer at first gosh okay that that was back in 2001 conifer mm -hmm. 2001 Some, something that many people don't know about me dragons dragons got me interested in the the uh, furry cons a friend of mine who was a dragon said you know if you want to meet other types of dragons go to this thing called a furry convention you're going to see a lot of people there just like that hmm. wow so it was mm -hmm. actually dragons that got me into the fandom. Which is actually, dare I say, not the way it usually works. <laughs> uh, no, no. So that's what brought me into the fandom. I searched to talk about dragons. Wow. And so Confer was your first one, and the rest is pretty much history, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I've been going to as many kinds as I can possibly go to. I love it so much. I love this fandom. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I am so with you on that. Did you know you were a furry before you knew about the fandom or did it kind of all happen at the same time? Well, again, falling back on dragons is something that I've been interested in ever since I was back in uh, high school. Oh, but okay. 
it didn't occur to me what a furry was or anything like that until uh, Conifer 2001. And then it just kind of went from there. Yes. So how many do so you said you try and go to every con you can. I don't blame you for that. I, uh, I kind of do that too. Um, how many do you typically go to per year and uh, what ones typically are they? I try to go to about five. My max was seven a few years ago, but I went. I usually wow. go to five, starting with uh, Further Confusion, and then one up here in the Northwest, up in Vancouver, Canada, called Vancouver BLFC Anthrocon and MFF. Okay, cool. Those sound like that sounds like a good trek. Good, uh, like uh, what's the word I'm looking for? That's a good collection. Good collection. I, that's a good word. Collection of convection, convention. If you meet your connection. When did you start going to all? I mean, like you went to one, you know, way back when. But when did you start going to like five a year? Oh, gosh, that's that was about six years ago. Okay. This job that I have right now, basically, and uh, they know that I'm furry where I work. And I've actually worn my first suit to work a few years ago. That's and, cool. They're very liberal with their time off. So I've never had that kind of freedom until I found this other job and, is, and say, you know, there's a furry con coming up in about a month or so. Can I get about a week off? And they said, yeah, sure. No problem. Here you go. That's possum. <laughs> That's amazing. You've got a good job there. Keep that. <laughs> I plan to. Your friend Lou Hasaya. Yes. My friend, too. We, in fact, we interviewed him on last week's podcast, and he said that you have a few interesting stories. Would you like to share one or two of them? Where can I start? Let me give you a little bit of background first. Then I can tell you I have literally hundreds of stories to tell if I wanted to. Okay. I spent seven years as a dolphin trainer. Oh, wow. Cool. I've never met a dolphin trainer. Yeah, that would be me. I did that for about seven years. And then I got out of the training business and I went into something rather unique. I started working as a nature guide or what they call naturalist on whale watching boats since 1984. Oh, okay. Wow. I've spent about 30 years in and around working with marine mammals. And most of that as a nature guide on the whale watching boats, I've spent three winters in Baja where those geographic specials you see people petting gray whales. I did that for three years. Oh, hmm. wow. Cool. Spent a few years in California with gray whales in Monterey and San Diego. And I spent four summers here in the Northwest working with killer whales. And I spent about 17 years working with cruise ships in Alaska. So you've been all around. Yes. Like I said, you want stories, I can tell you days worth of stories working with these animals. It's an amazing thing. Oh, I bet. So what would you say is one of your uh, favorite memories or stories of your travels? Uh, as strange as it sounds, working as a naturalist on these cruise ships, I'm basically a teacher. And uh, uh, any subjects I want using my own photographs, uh, uh, you know, geology, history, native culture, glaciers, animals, whales, bears. But the biggest thrill I ever got is when I'm trying to describe to somebody who I'm talking to face to face, telling them what to look for or trying to describe to them what they've seen. And then suddenly their eyes light up in understanding of what they're looking at. That just inspiring somebody's imagination and seeing the fire in their eyes going, okay, now I understand what I saw. Now I know what to look for. That's always been a, a really big thrill to me. You kind of sound like a teacher at heart when you say that. Well, that's literally what I was on board yeah. on board these ships for, for mm -hmm. 13, 14 years. I was the only person on board, the one and only nature guide 
I would do talks and lectures and presentations on different animals and subjects throughout the week. So literally, I, I was a teacher. Yeah. What's the most, I mean, the most is subjective, of course, because uh, there's could be lots of them. But what would you say is one of the most kind of exciting or thrilling things to you that actually happened to you in one of these endeavors? <laughs> okay. All right, here we go. I was working on a 72-foot stay-sail schooner down in Baja in the breeding lagoons for gray whales around the area of Magdalena Bay. And a boat that only carries about 14 people. And it's very early in the morning. And some folks wanted to go out and see some whales. And we took a small inflatable boat, probably about uh, maybe 10 or 15 feet, and kind of puttered out near the area where these whales were. One of these whales got very curious about us <laughs> and swam up to us and started to come towards a small outboard. So I tilted the outboard motor out of the water and shut it down so it wouldn't the propeller wouldn't hit the whale for the whale's safety. The whale swam under us. Oh, wow. And it was lined up with the boat. I could see the head of the whale in front of us and the tail of the whale behind us. And believe it or not, the whale started to rise up out of the water and picking oh. us up right out of the water. We were resting on the whale's back about three feet up in the air. Oh, my. That's scary crazy. <laughs> and it gently just pushed, let it sink and brought us right back down. It was the most amazing thing I'd have ever experienced in my life. And fortunately, folks on board the other boat Got it all on videotape. Oh, cool. Can yeah. we see that on YouTube or something? Oh, no, I don't have YouTube. Oh, my God. This was a few years ago, and it was on videotape. It wasn't even digital. Oh. <laughs> I see. Old school. Very wow. Old school. Well, that's really exciting. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. I mean, this whale picked us up out, uh, in the boat, just picked us right up. Very you did not expect that. No, it was very no. gentle, and it just raised up a couple feet. And then set us right back down again. It was just the wildest thing. Well, that's exciting. Yes, it was. That's probably a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Uh, oh, yeah. It was. I've got a lot of wow. other stories about whales and encounters, but that is the most wildest thing ever. This whale was just so gentle with us. Well, wow. I know at the next at the next con, I'm going to spend several hours talking to you about all of this. <laughs> Did you name the whale? Uh, no. I mean, so that's a pretty exciting thing that happened. What about your, what would you say is your biggest accomplishment? Oh, gosh, my biggest accomplishment? God, I've never even thought about even trying to answer a question like that before. I'm just a crazy pup. Uh, I, I don't know how to answer that, quite honestly. I mean, I've done so many amazing things in my life. I, I've hiked on glaciers by way of helicopters. I've swam with a killer whale years ago. I've worked with dolphins and been in this fandom for a very long time. And It's okay if you don't have the biggest accomplishment. It sounds like you've got the tons of great, <laughs> great things. I mean... Did you did you, when you you said earlier that you worked with killer whales? You didn't have anything to do with the whole free willy thing, did you? Oh, oh, oh no, no, no. I was working at an aquarium in Miami, Florida, and uh, I was working with dolphins at the time, and they allowed me to swim with the killer whale that they had there for about 10 or 15 minutes before I froze my butt off. I want to make that very clear. I did not work with the killer whales. I was only allowed to swim with them for a short period of time, just, just for fun. What was that like? I mean, I've never done it. Jump in the water with the killer whale. It's, uh, she was, you know, about 8,000 pounds and nearly 30 feet long. And she was just kind of pushing me around the the tank. Wow. I mean, you're trying to pet. It's like a three to four foot wide head. I mean, I have a big head, but even my head's not that big. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
I couldn't resist. No, that, <laughs> no that's a me. I mean, I'm I'm trying to think of doing that, like pu- puppy paddling around and trying to swim with a whale. It's like, no, I, I couldn't even do that. I can't even imagine. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, but very, very cold. I was not in a wetsuit. No, no wetsuit or anything like that, but it's just like, oh, that water's cold. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. So um, we're coming close to the end of our time together. What else would you like us to know about you or what things would you like to say? The furry fandom has been such a part of my life. I love it so. I love the people in it, what it represents, the creativity of the people that are involved in this. I've said many times on some folks may have seen my Twitter. I always talk about how the fandom is my furry family. And I honestly and truly believe that. It is some of the most loving environments I've ever had in my life. And I just want to share that with others. Well, you know, I'm I'm really big fan on very serious hugging and greeting everybody that I know. And when I see this fandom, I look around at a con and seeing all these anthropomorphic animals. And as strange as this may sound, I look at the crowd of all these fursuiters and I'm going in my own mind, this is the way the world should have been. A world full of humans just is not right, but all these anthropomorphic animals, this feels just like home. And that's what the furry fandom truly means to me. That's possum. That's so true, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, definitely. I think that's a wonderful message that I think a lot of us, a lot of us furs can relate to and agree with you on. So, um, yeah, definitely. Family, fandom, family, that's a better word, actually. Family is um, like one of the best families out there. So it, it's it amazing is. to be a part of it. <laughs> and I would not know where I'd be without this fandom. It changed my life so so much. It's meant so much to me all these years. Well, Rio, thank you for joining us. I know that you're a very busy individual because I know when we were trying to connect up to get this all scheduled, there was so many different nuances that we had to work out, but I'm so glad we were able to get this together. Yeah. It's been a pleasure, guys. It really has. It's been Yes, thank you. It's been great talking to you again, Rio. We will hug at a con once again someday. Uh, somehow. Soon, please. Rio's great. I so glad we connected up with him finally. Uh, he's had quite a life. Obviously, we can tell he's got a ton of stories just by him saying what just generally what he's done all his life. So mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. That's pretty exciting. Swimming with a killer whale. Like, I, I can't even imagine. I can't imagine doing that. That's incredible. And didn't <laughs> he say she like bumped him around and, and just pushed him around and stuff? Like, okay. Him yep, yep, yep. It's adorable. <laughs> it is adorable. <laughs> so, Tabin. Hi. Hi. Do you have a story this week at all? I do have a story. I have a story and a song. Oh, okay. Well, let's uh, let's go to the story and then follow up with the song. Okay. That sounds good. You might remember last week um, that I wrote read the politically correct version of the Billy Goat's Gruff, but that was called the uh, the codependent Goat's Gruff. Um, again, not a political, political pup, but I think we le- learned a lot of politically correct things, whatever that means, in that story. So I have another politically correct quote unquote, story. It's the story of Chicken Little. So barely do you remember the story of Chicken Little? I believe the sky is falling. Sky is falling, right. And and Chicken Little's sky is falling mm-hmm. and um, yeah. goes to yeah, yeah. and finds lots of other uh, fluff friends to um, go on a mission about the sky is falling and all that good stuff. Yes. So I have here the politically correct version. Are you ready? I am ready. 
I am too. Let's learn some politics. Chicken Little lived down a winding country lane surrounded by tall oak trees. It should be mentioned here that the name Little was a family name and not a derogatory size-biased nickname. It was only by sheer coincidence that Chicken Little was also of shorter than average height. So let's keep, keep this in mind. This is important. One day, Chicken Little was playing in the road when a gust of wind blew through the trees. An acorn was blown loose and hit Chicken Little squarely on the head. <gasps> Gasp. Now, while Chicken Little had a small brain in the physical sense, she did use it to the best of her abilities. So when she screamed, the sky is falling, the sky is falling, her conclusion was not wrong or stupid or silly, only logically underhanced. Underhanced. Not to be confused with underpantsed. <laughs> this is not part of the story. Okay. Uh, okay, so continuing with the story, Chicken Little ran down the road until she came to the house of her neighbor, Henny Penny, who was tending her garden. This was a simple task since she didn't use any incesticide, herbicide, or fertilizer, and also permitted the native non-edible varieties of wildflower, sometimes branded quote-unquote weeds, to mingle with her food crop. So lost, amid <laughs> so lost amid the foliage, Henny Penny heard Chicken Little's voice long before she saw her. The sky is falling, the sky is falling. Henny Penny stuck her head out from her garden and said, Chicken Little, why are you carrying on so? Chicken Little said, I was playing in the road when a huge chunk of sky fell and landed on my head. See, here's where the bump is to prove it. There's just one thing to do, said Henny Penny. What's that? asked Chicken Little. Sue the bastards, said Henny. <laughs> this is a harsh, okay. Said Henny Penny. Chicken Little was puzzled. Sue for what? Personal injury, discrimination, intentional infliction of emotional distress, negligent infliction of emotional distress, tortious interference, the tort of outrage. You name it, we're gonna sue for it. Good gracious, said Chicken Little. What will we get for all that? We can get payment for pain and suffering, compensatory damages, punitive damages, disability and disfigurement, long-term care, mental anguish, impairing earning power, loss of esteem. Person, oh person, said Chicken Little joyfully. Who are we going to sue? Well, I don't think the sky per se is a recognized as a suable entity by the state, said Henny Penny. I think we should go find a lawyer and learn who is suable, said Chicken Little, her diminutive brain working overtime. I bet. That's a good <laughs> idea. And while we're there, I can ask whom to sue for these ridiculous, ridiculously bony legs of mine. They've caused me nothing but anguish and embarrassment all my life, and I should be compensated for all of that. So they ran farther down the road until they came to the house of their neighbor, Goosey Lucy. Goosey Lucy was busy teaching her canine animal companion to eat grass so that she could avoid the guilty feelings that came with feeding the dog processed animal carcasses from a can. Yeah, I wouldn't like to eat that either, as a matter of fact. Yeah, it doesn't sound good. It does not sound very good. I agree with you. I prefer like chili and stuff, not unpro... Anyway, get the sky is falling. The sky is falling. Sue the bastard. Sue the bastards. Goosey Lucy leaned over the, her fence and said, land sakes, 
What are you two carrying on so about? I was playing in the road and a piece of sky fell on my head, explained Chicken Little. So we're going to find a lawyer to tell us whom we can sue both for her injuries and for my bony legs. Oh good, can I come and sue someone for my long gangling neck? You know, nothing really flatters it, so I am convinced there's a conspiracy within the fashion industry against long next long-necked waterfowl. So the three of them ran down the road looking for legal assistance. And let me pause and say, let me pause these and say, you know, they have good intentions and good moral uprightness in what they're doing. Good for them for doing what they think is right and pursuing their goals. <laughs> yes. Um, so I just thought I'd stop there and, and say that. The sky is falling. The sky is falling. Sue the bastards. Sue the bastards. <laughs> Smash the conspiracy. Smash the conspiracy. Further down the road, they met Foxy Loxy, who was dressed in a blue suit and carried a briefcase. He held up a paw to halt the entourage. And what are you three doing on this lovely day? Asked Foxy Loxy. We're looking for someone to sue, they shouted in unison. <laughs> what are your grievances? Personal injury? Discrimination? Intentional infliction of emotional distress? Negligent infliction of emo emotional distress. Tortious interference? The tort of outrage? Oh yes, yes, the three said excitedly. All that and more! Wow, we're just going on a crazy jaunt here. That's me saying that's not this story, but... Well then, you're in luck, said Foxy Loxy. My caseload has just eased up, so I will be able to represent you in and any all lawsuits we can manage to bring. The trio cheered and flapped their wings. Chicken Lil asked, but who are we going to sue? Without missing a beat, Foxy Loxy said, who aren't we well, gonna sue? <laughs> Three <laughs> hapless victims such as ourselves will be able to find more guilty parties than you can shake a writ at. Whatever a writ is, they're gonna shake it and blah. <laughs> okay. okay. Now, <laughs> I don't even know. Now, let's all step into my office so we can discuss this further. Foxy Loxy walked over to a small black metal door that was in the, in the side of a small hill nearby. Step right this way, he said as he lifted the hatch, but the black door wouldn't open. Foxy Loxy tugged on it with one paw, then with both. It still wouldn't budge. He yanked and pulled violently, cursing the door, its mental abilities, and its sexual history. Well, we're getting really... Uh, oh. Mad at the door. Or, okay, I wonder what this door did. Uh, anyway, no, that's probably um, non-puff stories will unfold from that. Yes. Finally, the door swung open and a huge ball of fire shot out. This was really the door to Foxy Loxy's oven. Ah. Ooh, there's a twist. But unfortunately for him, the ball of fire engulfed his head, burnt off every hair and whisker, and left him totally catatonic. Not foxatonic. Not not even puppetonic, but catatonic. Yeah. Chicken Little, Henny Penny, and Goosey Lucy ran away, thankful that they had not been devoured. However, the family of Foxy Loxy caught up with them. In addition to suing the manufacturer of the oven door on behalf of Foxy Loxy, the family brought a suit against the three above-mentioned barnyard fowl, claiming entrapment, reckless endangerment, and fraud. <laughs> Okay. Not toad, but fraud. The family sought payment for pain and suffering, compensatory damages, punitive damages, disabil disability and disfigurement, long-term care, mental anguish, 
impaired earning power, loss of self-esteem, and loss of a good dinner. Well, I think that's the biggest complaint right there. The three birds later brought a countersuit, and they've all been battling in court from that day to this, the end. Wow. So that was uh, quite invigorating and invigorating and maybe not quite pup 13 rated well no it's okay it's, it's okay they, it's okay yeah okay. they just it was just alluded to it's alluded to yes mm-hmm. i'm refraining from making a joke that should not be you can refrain I, I refrain i refrain and speaking of refrains yes you have a song. I have I have a song. I actually have a few one, few of them, but I, I can't remember the other one. So I'll just sing this one for now. Maybe I'll remember the other one last week. So this one goes, I guess it's, it doesn't really have a name. I guess you can call it the Taven at the Con. And it goes, the Taven at the Con goes, bark, bark, hug, bark, bark, hug, bark, bark, hug. The Taven at the Con goes, bark, bark, hug, all con long. And that's the song. Nice. Nice. And and it's true. It's true to life. It is true to life. Because you do go bark, bark, hug. I do. Yeah. All con long. <laughs> All con long. At least 16 hours a day. At, at, <laughs> that's, that's, you know, kind of true. <laughs> that's very true. That's very true. Mr. Tabin. Yes. Hi. Do we have anything math related this week? Uh, we do. We have a little thing, and it's actually just kind of another take on, I forget if uh, last week or week before, I, I talked about the barber paradox and everything. I don't know if you remember that. It hurt the brain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It did hurt my brain, yes. So I just thought, um, I don't I don't have a story per se, but just another thing that's like the barber paradox that I think is kind of fun to think about. It's called the liar paradox. <laughs> okay. Um, liar is in not telling the truth. Not yeah. the instrument. Or the instrument, even. Yeah, so many things that this could be that it is not, right? Okay. And so the liar paradox is the statement, I am lying. And then the question then is, am I lying about that statement? Mm. The statement, I am lying. If I am not lying about that statement, then since the statement is, I am lying, I'm not lying about that. So that means I am lying, but that contradicts me assuming that I'm not lying about that. So that cannot be the thing, i.e. I have to be lying about that statement because we just cut out the possibility that I can't be lying about it. So if I am lying about that statement, then since the statement is I am lying, then I'm telling the truth that I am lying. But what does it mean to lie? It means that... (laughs) Okay, so... But it since I'm lying about that statement, what is the truth? The truth is then that I am not lying, but I already said I am lying. So it can't be that either. This all comes down to, this is a statement that I cannot be lying or not lying about. So there it is. So there it is. And that's quite the paradox. And with that, I'm going to go take an aspirin. Yeah, uh, a few of them maybe. (laughs) A few of them. All right. Well, that brings us to our our famous section of this or that. Famous or that. I don't know what that is. Once again. Hi. Hi. All right. First question. Pasta or pizza? Ooh. 
That's a good one, actually. I mean, because pizza, I mean, come on, that's noms right there. The problem with pizza is it gets on my pauses and then um, I have to go take a shower and then dry off before I can be fluff again and everything. Of course, that can happen with pasta too. So that's not really a good argument to or not. I guess it depends on the type of pot. Wow, this is a hard one. <laughs> wow, this is actually a hard one. I think I'm going to just go pizza. But depending on the day, I might say pasta. Um, so uh, it, today it's a pizza. We'll say it's a pizza. Hi, it's a okay. pizza. It's a pizza day. <laughs> it, it's a pizza day. I don't know why it's I talk like that. It's a pizza day. Hi. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, question number two. Theater or cinema? Cinema. Because, well, okay. So theater is good too, because you have the nice realistic element and it's, it's kind of more, I don't know, more natural and cultural and all that good stuff. But, you know, the cinema has all the big like things that happen. So I'm going to go cinema. I can, I can, I can get behind that. Yeah. And actually, if you do it just right, you can get some nutmeg too, not just a cinema. Oh, my cow. It's freshly freshly scraped, freshly grated nutmeg. (laughs) I don't want scraped nutmeg. I want grated nutmeg. That's right. That would be great to be great. great. Get on with it. All right. So curtains or blinds? (laughs) I'm going to go curtains because... When I think of curtains, I think of cur, and a cur is a dog, and I'm a pup, so that just makes more sense that I would be into the curtains. Also, when you like get up on your little pawsies and paw the curtains, they kind of make a nice little roughly thing that happens, so that's kind of exciting too. Back in the uh, 40s and 50s, there was a term, it's curtains for you. Curtains, I tell you. That's right. I have no oh. idea what that means or why curtains had anything to do with death. But- I don't need this. Is it because like, well, if it's back in the forties, did they just not have good taste back then? And if you, if you did something wrong, someone gives you some curtains that are in very poor taste as far as the design. Maybe. I don't know. Who knows? I don't knows? even know. know. But, but you're I right. I, I've heard that. Say, I don't know why either. <laughs> yeah, and they never said it's blinds for you. It's not blinds or, or they don't say it's twisty thing that makes the things go shut. Right. Yeah. yeah. For you. (laughs) For you. Okay. So finally, another food related one. Oh, ice cream or frozen yogurt? I think I'm actually going to go frozen yogurt. Ice cream's good too, but I've had some good frozen yogurt. It's nice and soft. Although I do like me some soft serve ice cream every now and then. But uh, yeah, frozen yogurt. I've I've been to some good um, frozen yogurt places. So I'm going to do frozen yogurt. I like frozen yogurt a little bit better because usually the places you go to, they've got all the little choices of things you can put on it. That's what I was just thinking. Like, oh, I love the little rainbow sprinklies and stuff. But then they've got all these things and stuff. (gasps) Now I'm excited. I wag. Mm -hmm. Oh, my cow. You're going to have to go get some after this. I, oh, yes. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) (laughs) It's chitons for you, I tell (laughs) you. See, that's what it means right there. We just did it. Well, that brings us to the end of our podcast for one more week. We have now got nine podcasts. We've been doing this for nine weeks. This is wow. Time flies when you're having right? pop- 
I'd like to remind everybody to remember to like and subscribe to the pod on your favorite pod platform or YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you can subscribe and you can leave comments on most of those places too. You can actually log in and leave a comment if yeah, you would like to. We'd like to know what you think. Yeah, leave a comment. Let us know what you think. We'd like to hear from you. We'd love to hear from you. With that, uh, Tabin, you have a great evening, and we will talk to stock. We will not stalk we'll anybody. Well, maybe we'll see how this week goes. <laughs> if I'm bored, maybe I'll stalk someone. Who knows? Bye-bye. See you next week. Bark, bark. Barely Furcasting is an Injured Nerves studio production. It is found on all major podcast platforms and can also be listened to directly at barelyfurcasting.com. All opinions expressed here are those of Tabin and Barely, and neither received any commercial compensation for their opinions. The Furcast is recorded and edited by me, Barely Normal, also known as Mike Began. Opening interstitial and closing music by Shane Ivers through silvermansound.com. If you would like to send us a message, you can do so via email at barelyfurcasting at gmail.com or on Telegram chat at bfftchat. Additionally, Tabin can be reached on social media at TabinPup on YouTube and Twitter. Thanks for listening. We hope to see you back here next week. <laughs>